Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Paul's Eye Show brought to you by Archie's on Carson Street. Get down to Archie's, the official chicken wing of the fan. Archie's the home of 80 Cent Wings, Monday through Thursday. Home of the Paul's Ice Grilled Cheese. Sandwich. So get down to Archie's and have a good time. Twitter brought to you by uh, South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Peters Township is the online at southfieldsjeep.com. Joining us now on the Nemecolon hotline around every corner. Nemecolon creates real-life magic for guests. Is our good friend and the KDK Sports uh, Director. That would be Jeff Hathorne. And Jeff... Uh, I know you've been around for a while, and you've uh, obviously been in this market for a while. So I would assume that you, like the rest of us, are uh, really kind of saddened to hear that um, Stan Saverin passed away today. Yeah, I I actually was with uh, Bob Pompiani when I heard the news. Oh, and, wow. um Yeah, it, you know, the, I... You know, you think he's going to be around forever. He's one of those guys. And I'm glad that he worked up until the end, until he could no longer do it. Uh, it, The thing about Stan was, and it's a thing, Paul, I admire about you, is what he was thinking is what he said on the air. (laughs) There There was no hot take. There was no, oh, I got to throw this out here or, oh, I got to stir this up. Like, Stan's opinion was Stan's opinion, and it didn't matter to him, like, if he worked for the Steelers radio network or for a Penguins game, like, if he thought, you know, Ben or Pickett or whomever sucked, he would tell you they sucked. Uh, and, And I think the teams respected him because he gave, that was his honest take. It wasn't, again, some some hot take it was what he was feeling he normally had good reasoning to back it up he didn't hold grudges uh he was a consummate pro man he was uh god i miss him already i mean he he was even though he was a competitor i never worked with him i always competed against him i always respected the hell out of him yeah, and I think the thing about it, uh, uh, Jeff, is you, as you know, this business can be very petty and there can be a lot of ego and all that other stuff involved. I got to be honest with you, when I was a nobody from nowhere, you know what? Stan didn't have to take his time to, to, to kind of take me under his wings when I was at you know, ESPN Radio, God rest his soul, but he did. And he took an interest in what I did and he was encouraging when I needed to be encouraged and he was... You know, critical when I need to be critical. I mean, that to me tells you everything you need to know about, you know, uh, the kind of guy he was. 
Yeah, and I think about that damn briefcase. <laughs> that up until the last time I saw him at a Mike Tomlin news conference uh, this past fall, uh, he would take that damn briefcase everywhere. It's one of those hard top briefcases, and he'd open it up, and everything was meticulously placed in there. Uh, and that was kind of like the guy he was. He was well prepared. He, you know, he knew the subject matter of what he was discussing, and he was. He was very nice. I mean, I've had conversations with with him when I was, you know, first in the market in the business, and yeah, he was. Uh, he would always give you a, a piece of advice. I I remember once he called me because he liked to take that I had after a Steeler game, and he thought it was well thought out. And he didn't have to do that. He's Stan Saverin, and right. but that's the kind of guy he was. And man, he he. He was uh, he, he got sports talk. It's about passion, and it's about you know, on it. It's about your feelings, and uh, he didn't screw around with that. He he just brought it every time, and um, admired the hell out of him. And if we could all have a career like Stan's, uh, we should be so lucky. Yeah, I would even go one step further. If we could all have a life like Stan's, we should all be uh, so lucky. Uh, just because I feel like he's been a, a really just a great uh, person who has given a lot more to this world than he's taken. So, uh, you know, rest in peace to a legend. Uh, Jeff, The uh, will you be at the uh, minicamp this week or will you be where, – where will you be at this week? Oh, no, I will be at minicamp this week. I wouldn't miss it, Paul, to be able to watch something and not be able to tell you what I saw. Uh, there's, you know, it's, it's so much fun. Now, it, it's actually – you know, minicamp is, you know, the big differences, as most people probably know, is, you know, the OTAs are voluntary. This is something that's mandated by the league that you have to show up for these three days of minicamp or, or teams could find you. So there's always that question in your mind, all right, is Highsmith going to show up or is this going to be start at the start of his negotiation where he decides not to go? Does someone else miss out for some mysterious reason? Um, so those are the – I mean, I, I guess that's what's a little different – What's the big difference now than what used to be at minicamp? They used to put pads on. Well, you can't do that anymore. So it's even less revealing. At least before, you at least get to see some of these rookies hit somebody in minicamp, at least in a controlled environment. Uh, now it's just basically more OTAs. So there's there's not a lot you can that we can look at and say, oh, okay, this guy can hit this guy or he can avoid this or, or whatever. Uh, we really won't see that till training camp. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's the big thing. And the big question is, really, if you think about it, right, um, are there any legitimate camp, training camp uh, position battles, or is you know is the depth chart pretty much uh, settled in and, you know, any of the, the, the things that we're told are, 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 are position battles are mostly just trying to, you know, contrive competition? Yeah, I mean, we had the juiciest one we've had in two decades last camp. So there's going to be nothing like a quarterback battle uh, that gets people fired up about training camp. I mean, maybe there's one at left tackle, maybe. But Roderick Jones, even if he doesn't win it week one, which I still think he will, um, he's going to be your your left tackle. Um, Maybe there's a battle at right tackle if they move Dan Moore over there early. Uh, I, I think the secondary is interesting to see how it plays out. 
you know, how many snaps do they feel like Joey Porter can handle? And how does that affect Levi Wallace? And do they move Patrick Peterson inside some? You know, how does Casey, how do Casey and Neil work in with Fitzpatrick? And what kind of packages can they come up with there? Uh, I want to see Corey Holcomb on the field at camp. You know, he's been, you know, going through an injury, so they've been taking it easy with him. And I want to see Allen Robinson, you know, full go. Everybody assumes he's going to be the three. I'm sure he, I'm pretty sure he will be, but does he still have something left or was what we saw with the Rams, a guy that was at the end of his career. So, I mean, there are those things to watch and maybe a guy like Anthony Miller, can he follow up last year's camp before he got hurt? Can he maybe become some kind of not impact player, but at least an option offensively for the Steelers and, then there's, you know, the rookie Darnell Washington, like how raw is he going to be at tight end? So there are those things to look at. But when you look at this team and compare it to a couple of years ago, the thing I like about this team is you're, we're talking about depth battles, not starting battles. When you're throwing rookies in because you need them to start, you really don't have a good football team or you don't have a team that can contend. I think that's what's different about this team. I think the Steelers team – have legitimate starters, and it's about filling out the depth more now, and that's a better sign for 2023. Yeah, there's no question about it. Um, I think that uh, the thing about it is, you know, when when you hear that these these uh, coaches try and give you camp battles, you kind of know, okay, that's probably not a camp battle, and that probably <laughs> is, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so we we shall see. As I was talking with Ray Fittipato a little earlier, it's a really, really bad sign, right, if um, Broderick Jones is not a starter from day one, isn't it? Yeah, unless it's some kind of Tomlin mind game, you know, where he wants doesn't want to anoint somebody. I, I, that's the only thing I could think of. But, yeah, I would agree with you. You know, if he – and we'll know a little bit in the preseason, if he's struggling – then, yeah, that that is a problem. Uh, but I anticipate that he's going to be the starter. I think this is just the, well, we're not going to give a first-round pick anything. Uh, the only difference was, say, with, you know, the first-round pick a couple years ago is they didn't have any other running backs. So Najee had to be the guy. Um, I think at least there have been some type of options with the last couple where you didn't just throw them in for the first rep of the first practice or, you know, the first reps during all of OTAs. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big thing. Uh, it, to me, it's like uh, you, you you brought him in here. You need to make sure that he he, he wins uh, the job and really, you know, uh, sort of validates the selection. Now, moving on, uh, moving on uh, to uh, another subject, your uh, Pirates are in first place. And there are still people who are wondering, well, why can't we bring up this guy or bring up that guy? I mean, at some point, can't you just sort of enjoy what they're doing right now? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm 100% behind that. Like, just this team might finish with 75 wins. But, man, if you can't enjoy this moment, and if you're getting worked up about, you know, Bob nutting when the team's in first place because – you know, they don't have a ninth starting pitcher in their organization at the major league level. Like, relax. Like, they're, they're ahead of the game. They're 
you know, I think this, the prudent thing is to wait until towards the end of July to figure out if this team is worth making a deal for because the cost is high. But, yeah, enjoy these wins. I mean, some of them aren't pretty, but you know what? Good teams win ugly games. Like, just like stop overthinking this and think about how horrible baseball has been here for the last few years and, and enjoy McCutcheon being back and enjoy this team winning. And they've overcome some injuries even to this point and are still winning. So I, I don't know why you wouldn't – yeah, to your point, enjoy these wins. There, there may be some challenges. We'll find out a lot this week. But don't fret over this week. Enjoy, you know, what's led up to this week. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, do you think that we will see either of the two young catchers before July 1st? Probably not unless there's an injury. After the All-Star break, when they have that time, you know, the, they're past the draft and they sit back and kind of assess this club and where they're at. I think there's a possibility. And when that happens, don't expect Austin Hedges to be released. Austin Hedges will not be released because of all the other things he does. Um, they would, I think they would have a pitcher bat and DH for Hedges before they get rid of the guy um, because they want one of these young catchers to study from him, learn from him. And, Paul, listen, I, I don't buy into sometimes this clubhouse stuff. This guy is Mr. Clubhouse. Like, they love this guy. He is the most prepared. Pitchers think he's the greatest. Um, and if Hedges can work with, you know, either Rodriguez or Henry Davis, I think that only helps their careers. So I, I, I would love to see that, but I think it would be more like all-star break. If one of those guys is hitting a triple-A, I think you'll see them up and they'll, you know, send delay down. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that you know that's probably the right move to make uh, in, in a lot of different ways. But uh, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people that are anticipating. Boy, we're gonna get we're going to get either one of the two young catchers or Quinn Priester, and I think they're going to be very disappointed. We might not see any of those three for a long time. Maybe, maybe I think you'll see one of the catchers this summer. Uh, I think where they're at in the you know in the standings will de- will determine a little bit obviously injuries, and you know Quint Priester was pitching well. It's just the last couple of of outings just he hasn't been right, and you know they don't want to take a chance with him. They're counting on him not to be Garrett Cole, but to be you know what Mitch Keller is now. <laughs> Excuse me, a guy who could be uh, one, two, or three to give you a lot of innings and they don't want to, you know, stun his growth by calling him up too soon. And remember the guy's only 22. Um, it's not like it's a 25 year old that, you, you know, is burning the candle down there. Uh, this guy's only had just over a handful of starts at triple a. So I, I think they do want to see some more seasoning from him. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I would think that consistency is an important thing. There's no question about it. Jeff, I know you're very, very busy, so I appreciate you taking some time, and uh, hopefully we, we, we get to talk soon. Same, Paul. I'll talk to you. All right, brother. That's Jeff uh, Hathorne, KDK Sports Director on Paul's Ice. It's 93.7 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Man, quite often, uh, you know, um, um, Quite often when someone dies, you just, you know, don't necessarily know what you're supposed to say or how you're supposed to say it, you know? And that's the big thing when it comes to uh, Stan Saverin. You know, again, he was a mentor to me. He was somebody who was just really, really special to me, somebody who... When I was a young snot-nosed punk coming out of, you know, pretty much coming out of college, just getting my start, he didn't have to take his time, but he did. Took me under his wings, and really, really smart guy. Uh, But more importantly, genuine. People ask me, you know, what I think about, uh, people, you know, what what, what word I would use to sort of describe Stan Saverin, that would be the one I would really use. Genuine. Just a really good person. And I think that's what we, uh, you know, what, what we remember of him. So rest in peace. Uh, joining me now is uh, Noah Howes from the Post-Gazette. Noah covers all things Pitt. Uh, but, uh, Noah, it's been in, in quite a, an incredible uh, run over the last two weeks of recruiting for Pitt. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, it's. It's it's definitely been entertaining to cover for sure, Paul. I just looking at the guys that they've been bringing on campus, and these are players that sure Pitt probably could have landed in the past, but not in June. You know that the the sales pitch would have had to go on for a lot, lot longer than just one official visit. And you're seeing guys committing to Pitt now, uh, while they still have official visits scheduled to to Michigan, to schools in the SEC. Uh, but it just goes to show that the success this program's had in recent years means something, and it, it means that guys are willing to buy in. And you look at what they did in the transfer portal in the winter, and now you look at the success they have in the summer, 21 guys verbally committed right now and a top-10-ranked class nationally. Not sure if that'll stick around, I think, as, as the higher-ranked recruits start to verbally commit to other programs throughout the country. Pitt will probably drop down, but 
I mean, the Panthers are still in the mix for some pretty high-end guys. And with a lot of three-stars committed, I think in the future, we're going to see them put a lot more resources for getting those four-star guys that have been on campus or will be on campus later this month. So a lot of wins in Oakland for sure. Do you think that the Pitt football program is at a point now where it, I don't want to say it's running itself or whatever or it's on autopilot, but it seems like every single year now they recruit well and they've got plenty of returning talent, which is a formula for having sustained success. Yeah, it, it's kind of like they've reached a point in the bank account where they're accumulating interest, you know, where the, the, the success that they've had, that formula that they've had when it comes to developing talent from within, when it comes to, you know, playing to their strengths, they build a team around a strong defensive line and now it's running the football and and playing lockdown defense in the secondary and you look and that's that's who they really recruit. The bulk of their guys they have committed right now are, are defensive backs, offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And those are their three top positions. And that's what their that's what their successful formula is. So yeah, I'd have to agree that when you continue to produce certain positions or have success with a certain scheme, good players are going to want to come play for you at those spots. And when you continue to churn out talent there to the next level, you're going to have success at, at the collegiate level. And yeah, you're, you're starting to see, and it, it took maybe a little longer than some would have liked uh, for this program to find some consistency, but the floor is a lot higher than what it was when Pat Narduzzi came here almost a decade ago. Yeah, there's no question about it. I think that's the biggest thing. It, it feels to me like it is going to be a situation of where, um, you know, this is going to be a team that is never really going to dip to that five and, you know, uh, five and seven even. You know what I mean? It feels like this is a team where eight eight wins is the, is the floor, and it probably should be. Yes, and that, that's what you said. It should be. This is a team that, you know, when it, when it entered the ACC – or in its first couple of years, you know, you, you would take an eight and four season, but you would also kind of accept a five and seven say, you know what, we're going to get one of these every five years. It just is what it is. But now that's no longer the case. This is a team that should be competing. It should enter every season for the foreseeable future as one of the top three, four favorites to win its conference. And there, there haven't been a lot of times recently where you could say that about pit football. And, I think you just look like like you've alluded to, Paul, like the, the depth that you see at numerous positions. Now, sure, you have some spots on the roster where they're a little thin. I think they could probably add a little bit more talent at wide receiver, for example, but that's just nitpicking one spot on the field where, you know, 10 years ago, you could say that about half the spots on the field, but now you have guys like Dayon Hayes who came in as a four-star he didn't start his first game at Pitt until the bowl game last year. That's because there are so many talented people at his position ahead of him. You look at guys like Sean Fitzsimmons, who was the player of the year in the Whitfield two years ago. And, you know, a guy like that probably starts as a freshman or at least letters as a freshman at Pitt. But it's almost a given that if you're coming in to play half the spots on the field, you're probably redshirting because this team has a lot of depth. I think it made the most of uh, the extra year of eligibility from the pandemic, and it has really benefited from that 2021 run. And since that championship came, and while, you know, last year you could argue that team maybe even underachieved a little considering all the talent that it had, 
But still, a nine-win season following a championship season, is, it's coming into this year with a lot of returning talents and promising newcomers and a schedule that will put it in place to once again be in the mix for some, some exciting things. No question about it. Now, um, the, the the basketball team, I think, is obviously also in a good place when it comes to recruiting as well, aren't they? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, with with the signing of uh, Papa Kante uh, about a month ago now, I mean, that class ended up being in the top 25 uh, cl- class in the nation. And then you look at the, the 24 recruiting, I mean, they don't really have to recruit much because what they ended up doing through the transfer portal was they got guys that can help them now and later. I mean, you look at both of the additions they made, Ishmael Leggett and Zach Austin. Those are two guys that are probably going to start for Pitt this season. And if all goes well, they both have another year of eligibility. So they'll both be back and probably starting again. So they have one guy verbally committed for their 2024 class. That's Brandon Cummings, the Lincoln Park point guard, younger brother of Nellie Cummings, the former Panther point guard. And that's all they need. Because they only have one senior on the roster that this year, and that's Blake Hinson. So after he leaves, you fill that spot, and <laughs> they can really focus on this 2025 group that they're able to start talking to actively uh, on Thursday at midnight. And there's some great local stars that they have connections with in that group, with Alir Malouk, with Malik Thomas, the top 10 player in the country, with uh, a kid, I think his name is Koa Pete. Uh, out in Arizona is Jamarius Burton's cousin. He's another top 10 player in the country. These are elite talents that Pitt has a really good inside track to already. <laughs> and while it's a couple years down the road, I mean, Jeff Capel's always done a really good job at recruiting, but he did that in spite of where his program was. Now the fact that Pitt basketball is, you know, coming off of a multi-win stint in the NCAA tournament and, has a chance to once again make it back to the dance and can be a legitimate contender for year in and year out in the ACC. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do in the recruiting trail. What do you think is going to happen with uh, Dior Johnson? I mean, is he going to be a starter who comes in and he actually, you know, you know, fulfills all his obligations and does whatever he needs to do uh, to get on the court? Paul, if I was uh, good at predicting Dior Johnson, I would get a one-way ticket to Vegas and, you know, just play roulette because, I mean, I mean, it could mean I predicted the future. That guy is impossible to kind of really guess based off of his past. What I will say is he seems very committed from everything that I've seen and heard. I was at the Peterson Event Center last week to report on a story I was working on. He was there by himself working out, getting in reps. This guy, I think, is going to be the starting point guard for Pitt. Now, how will he handle adversity in that role? That will be something I'm very interested to see. Will he be able to, to handle the pressure that comes through all the highs and lows of a season? What will, what will he, how will he react when he gets chirped on the road at places like Syracuse or Duke or North Carolina? And, and how will you know, he be as far as team chemistry goes? Uh, a guy who has a little bit of a short fuse, a notable short fuse, I should say. So um, there's obviously a lot of questions with him, but – the talent's there, and it seems like the commitment's there. This is the guy who showed up to every practice and every game last year despite redshirting because of his off-the-court issue. Um, and not many people would have thought that he would have stuck around based on his past, but he did. And he's still here now in Oakland. He's still working out, and he seems to be a very key part of this team moving forward. Yeah, that's always the question to me is just basically that that whole thing is with uh... – 
a guy like him is, is he going to stick around? Is he going to be a part of what they do? Because if he does, then all of a sudden I really, really like that roster that they have compiled. Yeah, and, you know, everyone will point out the youth aspect of it where they have five freshmen, and he's one of them. But this is a guy who practiced all season last year with his teammates. He has that on-court chemistry with Federico and the Twins and and, all, and Blake Henson and guys who were around last year. He understands what the coaches are asking him to do. He, he, he gets the system. So, in a way, he's a freshman and, and because he hasn't competed against other teams, but you're bringing back a high-end talent who understands everything. I don't think Dior Johnson athletic, athletically is going to be a worry at all. It's just, you know – what's going on between the ears. Can he, can he handle everything else? And if he can, then yeah, Pitt's got a really special player running its offense. Yeah, there's no question that that, that is the biggest thing. Uh, uh, well, Noah, I appreciate you jumping on and taking a few minutes and uh, hopefully uh, we can do it again soon. Absolutely, Paul. And before I leave, I just got to say Dippin' Dots, best ice cream. Oh, off here we go, Matt. Listen, no, no, no. <laughs> that's that's for a different day on a different day. But I'm going to tell you this much right now. You got to be out of your mind. You got to be like 12 year old, 12 year old to 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 to, uh, to to eat that stuff. Yeah, I, hey, I know it was a tough day. I just wanted to insert that jab to lighten the mood a little bit. Uh, all. all right, man. Well, well, we'll have to discuss that at some point. But uh, right Sounds now, good. right now, no. Anyway. Okay. Thank you, Noah. Yep. All right, it's Noah Howes. It's, uh, it's 93.7 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, well, well. What a terrible, 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 terrible news. We all got today. That would be um, the. That would be the uh, uh, passing of Stan Saverin. It's terrible. 
news. When anybody dies, obviously, it's it's difficult. But especially, especially when it's someone we know and like and respect. And that would be the case when it comes to Stan Saverin, who's as good of a human being as I can think of. And, and I mean that. Just a great human being. And, um, you know, what I would call a mentor in this business, a friend, somebody who always had time to, you know, if I had questions about certain things, talk to me about it. Somebody who, when I was young, didn't have to, you know, didn't have to take a, a single minute of his time to talk to me, to help me. But he did, and he did so because, you know, he's a good dude. And he wanted younger people to succeed. And so uh, just a difficult day for all of us when it comes to uh, Stan Saverin and those of us who really knew him, those of us who understood how important he was to the sports scene here. Um, you know, I mean, this guy's been around for a long, long time, I think 40 years or so. He covered sports here in this town. You don't last that long in this business if you're not doing it the right way. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And so I, I feel like, you know, we all lost a friend. Some, you know, who the, those of us who had the privilege of getting to know Stan Saverin and really knowing him well, yeah, I would say, you know, we, we were probably the lucky ones. But at the end of the day, uh, all of you, all of you, uh, out there who probably, you know, watch sports and watched, um, you know, the, what what do they call it? The, uh, the, um, uh, you know, what watched, uh, what was it called? Sports beat. You know, when you watch, you, you, you get attached to people or you get to know people, even with, even if you don't get to know them. And I think that's the thing about a guy like Stan is he was inside of all of our, um, he was he was in inside of all of our our homes basically, yeah right, every single night, and you felt like you knew him even if you didn't. But like I said, I mean when I when I first started in this business, I was at ESPN Radio twelve fifty, which no longer exists. And, you know, I would tell you, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know much about it. And Stan Saverin always would encourage me to basically, uh, you know, continue to work at it. He'd give me good advice. He'd give me good feedback. You know, when I got a chance, you know, to uh, host shows with him. It was like working with a living legend. And that was, you know, 20 years ago. 
Think about that. That was like 20 years ago. So, you know, I feel like it's just one of those things where he's a, he's a, he's a special guy in a lot of ways. I really, really do appreciate him. Um, and, you know, it's sad that he, he he's dead. Um, we kind of knew this was coming because, again, on Thursday night, we were told basically, and he had cancer and he had some infections and he had some heart issues. I mean, he lost his leg. You know, they had to take his leg because of some stuff. But at the end of the day, he, he fought through it all. But on Thursday night, I think it was, Thursday afternoon, you know, we were all told, those of us that knew him and stuff, we're told basically that he was, you know, sent to hospice care and uh, that basically they sent him home from the hospital because they just, they, there wasn't anything more they could do for him. And so he went home to, you know, and it was pretty much, pretty much interesting. You know, it was pretty much, you know, a matter of time at that point. It's just one of those things where it's it's just tough. Um, so, I mean, those of us that knew him, it's, it's really tough. But even those of you who didn't know him, um, and you just kind of knew him from the fact that he was in your living room every night with, uh, with respect to, you know, his TV shows or whatever. Uh, it's a tough night. Uh, let's see. The, the Steelers issued a statement. Today is a sad day in the city of Pittsburgh. We lost a legendary person, media icon, close friend with the passing of Stan Saverin. Gentleman in every way possible. He did so much for our city in Western PA with his honest candor and knowledge of all sports. Both locally and nationally, Stan was involved for many years working on our Steelers radio network as well as doing several Steelers interviews and shows while also being a valuable contributor to our Hall of Fame committee. Our thoughts and prayers are with his family. During this difficult time, he was kind and will be missed and always remembered. Um, so that was a statement from the, uh, from the Steelers. I know the Penguins. Uh, Stan was very involved with their pre- and post-game show uh, for a lot of years. He, and the, the Penguins just tweeted out, Stan Saverin, Pittsburgh broadcasting legend, delivered some of the best announcements in Penguins history. Friend and true professional in his craft. Longtime listeners who love the show, we will miss you, Stan. And then the Pirates also. Uh, the, the Pirates also um, issued a statement, and this kind of tells you everything you need to know about him. I mean, he's been around for so long. You know, uh, but the the Pirates also issued a statement about his work with AT&T Sports. So at the end of the day, uh, everybody sort of recognizes what he meant and, and, and why he meant it, you know. And it's amazing. They're all piling up, and the stories are all very similar. You know, Jamie Baker. From WTOV, my first season covering the Steelers, I sat near Stan during a preseason game, introduced myself, told him I'd listened to him my whole life. A day later, he messaged me, began a wonderful friendship. He championed me, he fought for me. I'm so lucky to have called him a friend. I mean, that's a story that everybody I know that knows Stan would, would tell. 
So it's difficult. It's really, really difficult. Um, even though we kind of knew this was going to happen four, five, six, seven, you know, days ago, whatever it was, it still ain't easy. That's for sure. And so uh, hopefully, you know, um, his family and everybody else is doing well. I don't even know how to transition from that, so I will. Just say I'm going to transition from that. Joel, how much money? What is the most amount of money? First of all, what is the live event that you would love to see more than anything else? And what's the most amount of money you would spend to go to a live event? If it's not a Super Bowl and, you know, with the Steelers in it, probably college football national championship with Penn State in it, I would say. Okay, Super so- Bowl, man, I'd have to save up. You know, even if it's just the nosebleed seats, a couple thousand, maybe. You would spend $2,000 for a Super Bowl ticket. Yeah, I could probably do that. Okay. To sit in section 540, which is way up in the middle of the nosebleeds, on Thursday night to see Taylor Swift, how much do you think that ticket is going for? Probably $2,000. $1,500. Okay. That's up there. $508, $1,600, which is another section right there, right? This is like the closest thing that Acrisure Stadium can get to a Super Bowl, you would think, right? And Sex, they, they may yes. never host a Super Bowl. Section uh, 123, row HH. How much do you think they're asking for these tickets? 123, it looks like it's, like there's the, you know, the, the stage is here. It's a Heinz Field or Acrisure Stadium. The stage is here. There's the whole football field. And then the first section behind the whole football field of floor seats. How much do you think? So you're probably you're 150 yards away from the stadium. How much do you think those tickets are? Six thousand. No, nah, twenty six, twenty seven hundred. Okay, twenty seven hundred. That is, that's remarkable. Floor seats go as high as five thousand. Section one. I'm sorry, sixty four hundred dollars for section F one, row thirty two. Could you imagine spending $6,400 a ticket for a concert? Would you? Could you imagine that? No. Is there any concert you would spend $2,000 to see? No. I'm not much of a concert goer anyways, and so, yeah, would not spend anywhere, anywhere close to anywhere close to that. Maybe a couple hundred, certainly not multi-thousand, certainly not 6,000. For a concert, any concert. Okay, the the get-in-the-door ticket. The cheapest ticket I can find. That's got to be at least three or four thousand. No, no, just to get in the door ticket, right? Just to get in the door, meaning the worst seats in the house. Yes. Fourteen hundred dollars. Almost up there with the nosebleed section. No, that's way up there. Yeah. Top of the nosebleed, and not just the nosebleed. The nosebleeds that are actually behind the stage. Yes. So you have a horrible view. Can't, can't see. You can only, can only listen. 
$1,400. Can you believe that? I would not spend that much money. I'm sorry. I don't, I, there's nothing I, not I would spend that much money on to go see. I just wouldn't. I'm looking at some of these floor seats, right? How about this one? Section F8, row 25. Okay? So you're right in front of the stage on the on the field. Right in front of the part. You know, there's a part looks like where she's going to be able to walk out. You know, like from the stage, she'll be able to walk. You have, have you ever seen that where there's the stage? Yes. And then there's like a runway type thing where they can walk out? Yes. So you're right at the front of the runway. How much do you think those seats are? Oh, goodness. Uh, it's got to be an, at least 5000 right? You know, up there with the, the very <laughs> floor section, 8000 Section F8, row 15. Okay. 10000 Wow. $688. That's incredible. 10 rows back, F8, row 25, $9,400. Do you have the price of the, the you know, the closest seats to the stage in yeah, front of you? I if would it's tell not you, sold out by now? Okay, here you go. Are you ready for this one? Yes. Section 14, row one. Two seats seated together. You're right up against the runway, right up against the stage. How much do you think? 15 grand. $29,999 no. each. So, 60 grand for, for two, two tickets, right up against it. Row 18 in that same section, $19,238. Would you pay it, Joel, ever? Never. Never. I mean, I can't even imagine who has that kind of money to blow it. $18,821 for these seats that are right up against it. Oh, my God. And and obviously, Taylor Swift is going to put on a really good performance. But man, thirty grand just to be right up front, fifteen hundred to get the nosebleed seats—kind of incredible, don't I, you think? I, 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 as I told my daughter, who has, she's a Tw Taylor Swift fan, right? So she bought the tickets uh, because she's a Taylor. She's in the Taylor Swift fan club. Sure. So they have those tickets face value are available right if you're in the fan club so she didn't have to deal with all the secondary market which is what we're talking about here i said to her the other day why don't you sell your tickets right sell your tickets people are getting two grand each for them i mean really do you really need to go see a concert she freaked out at me told me she anticipates it'll be the one of the best nights of her life Told me it's insulting that I would suggest that making a profit would supersede her experience of seeing Taylor Swift. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t